What's up, everybody? Welcome back for episode eight of Just Kidding with Jut and Kana. Today, I'm talking to Vanika Jethwa, who is a good friend. She's a dietitian, certified personal trainer. She does individual coaching and, and health guidance and just a very insightful person. I want to talk to her during the holidays, you know, and we all put on a few pounds. We all overeat, get too many pumpkin pies and Christmas pies and whatnot, <laughs> which is normal. But I thought it would be helpful to have Vanika guide me and guide all of you in your own fitness and health journey. I really like her perspective because she's very much a non-judgmental fitness coach. I think a lot of coaches, you know, um, whether it's social media or in real life can be really harsh or all or nothing or you got to grind, grind, grind. And I really respect her approach because she's more about the sustainable lifelong approach. How do you work out and eat in ways that your body needs that's personalized to you and that's sustainable over the long run because that's really what it's about right it's about being healthy for your life not just getting that summer bod once and gaining all that weight back but how do you be healthy for your life if you're not training for a competition or something like that there's really no need to go crazy and and hurt yourself or hate yourself and so that's why i want to talk to vanika very insightful person very unique perspective she has her own uh social media page on Instagram and Facebook that she runs very much a, a positive page on sustainable lifestyles, busting a lot of myths on health and, and how to maintain healthy lifestyle at the lifting nutritionist with periods in between. We'll link to all of that. But yeah, today we talk about busting fitness and health myths, the misinformation that's out there, even on food labels. Uh, we talk about fad diets like keto and intermittent fasting. We recorded this on a Friday night, so I was drinking a White Claw. We did a label dissection of White Claw and what's actually hidden behind the label. It's not all it's uh, <laughs> cracked out to be. It's not as keto as I thought it was or was hoping it was, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, really, really fun conversation. Um, I tell a little joke around nutritional labels at the end. And yeah, I learned a lot from her. I hope you will too. So here we are, my conversation with the one and only Vanika Jethwa. Hey, here with Vanika Jethwa. How's it going, Vanika? It's going well, thanks. How about you? Oh, lovely. We're drinking our Friday afternoon evening drink, so cheers. Cheers Vanika's to that. having an espresso martini, is that? Yep. And then I'm having a mango white claw, which is keto, right? <laughs> uh, questionable. Isn't it? It's like it's it's two grams of carbs. Yeah, but see, they get you on the label because it's a hundred calories. If it was yeah, really, so is that a lot? If it was really two grams of carbs, it would only be like eight calories. So, do you think they do? They do some funky math with they, the labels. They definitely fudge some. I math do want to talk about food labels. I don't want to get into it right now. I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. But food labels is definitely something I want to talk about. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can I can school you on food labels for sure. Yeah, but please, before we do, I want you to give a chance to introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a registered dietitian and personal trainer. I currently run my own personal training online coaching business um, at The Lifting Nutritionist on Instagram is where you can find me. Uh, my full-time job is actually a dietitian in a school district. So kind of a very different scenario over there. Um, it's been interesting mm -hmm. because obviously schools aren't really in session right now, but mm -hmm. we're still feeding feeding kids every day, but not virtually, but um, remotely. Um, you are. You guys are sending meals. Yep. Yep. So we make meals at all our meal sites. We do about three thousand meals every day that families can come pick up wow. for free. So it's been okay, busy. Yeah. It's been crazy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because my little brother's sixteen, but we're just you know at home. Is this a low income meal thing only, or is this for all students that want it or this is universal meal so the government actually did this because of coronavirus um and so State anyone federal government so oh, any really? yep any child 18 and under can go and grab a free meal most areas are doing it mm. especially local no areas yeah, it's not a financial or income yep. based you just you just drive oh. up tell them how many kids you have and you get bags of food that's excellent. I did not know that. Okay, well, thanks, Donald Trump. He wasn't also bad. Yeah, that, that was a good something. thing he did. He got a vaccine. He got food for kids. He's not... <laughs> he's, he's crushing it. There you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got to give some credit. It's not all bad. Um, 
but yeah, tell me or talk a little bit more around like, uh, obviously you're on Instagram a lot and you have some awesome posts, I think really busting a lot of myths and trying to put a lot of positivity into health and all about sustainability and habits and stuff. Can you talk about like your philosophy and your fitness journey? Like I'm guessing this was, you weren't always like this, right? I'm sure you were making the same mistakes that everyone else makes. And how did you, you know, come upon these lessons? Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been in many of the shoes my clients have been in. I feel like as a female, um, kind of diet culture is ingrained in you from a really young mm. age. I mean, yeah. as a male too, sure. as well, but the media especially as a female media, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that at some point in my life, I always had a friend that was dieting or I was on a diet or someone's always mm-hmm. trying to look good for summer or get mm-hmm. that bikini body or, yep. you know, whatever it is, there's something going on to do with body image, right? Um, and so while I was in school learning about nutrition, one of my really close friends was actually training to be a bikini competitor, um, in one of the MPC competitions. And so she was doing this crazy restrictive diet. She was losing body fat. Um, they go on stage and they're very, very lean. They have a lot of muscle and it's a very restrictive diet, but, um, watching her kind of go through that, I kind of realized how important the nutrition pieces and the fitness pieces and how they kind of mesh together. And so she would take me to the gym with her and she'd run me through her trainings. And, and usually when I was in the gym, I would do, you know, the usual treadmill, stair stepper, um, use some booty bands and do some like <laughs> weird squat things. Like you kind of see all the fit pose do on Instagram. And she was like, no, 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 you have to like lift heavy stuff, like mm-hmm. pick up some heavy weights and do some real workouts. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a bit different. Um, but I did that with her and kind of fell in love with it and, and realized that um, a lot of the time women are told like, you have to don't lift too heavy. You'll get really bulky. Um, make sure you don't eat too much or you'll bulk up. And there's this like fear of gaining weight mm-hmm. out there in the diet industry. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of realized that wasn't really the case. And so once I became a dietitian, I wanted to combine my love for fitness and my love for working out and lifting heavy with the nutrition side and kind of show people that, you know, you don't have to restrict what you eat. You can lift heavy a few times a week and you can still maintain a physique that you really enjoy or that you really like. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where it all stemmed from. Yeah, I feel like they're definitely, I'm not a girl as people know, but <laughs> I think <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, you hear and like there's a, there's an aversion to weightlifting because you think you'll gain, you know, gain too much muscle, but that's, it doesn't work like that. Right. So like literally, like, can you talk a about like the scientific aspect of what's actually happening when you're lifting a weight versus doing cardio because i feel like people think they know or generally understand but can you like explain in a, in a science way what's the difference between cardio and weightlifting yeah so so when you do cardio obviously um your heart rate's pumping but you're not really engaging any muscles there's no muscle really moving i mean maybe if you're on a bike a little bit of some leg muscles might be going but cardio is purely cardiovascular it's going to really build your endurance and so it's great for endurance training um and things like that. And kind of, you know, if you want to be a runner or a marathon runner, that's perfect. Um, and then some fat loss too, obviously cardio is going to burn some must burn some fat, but when you step off that treadmill, that's it. Like you, you go back mm. to walking again and you, your the fat loss stops or the muscle, mm. the burning stops. Whereas, um, if you're weightlifting, you're using your muscles. And so when you weightlift, you're breaking down the fibers inside your muscles. Mm-hmm. And then when they have to recover and recuperate after a weightlifting session, that's when you're even burning calories then. And so mm-hmm. even after you've been weightlifting, you continue to burn calories. And that's mm-hmm. how you that's how you grow that muscle when you're in that rest period afterwards. Your body's trying to like recuperate and rebuild that muscle. And does burning fat more correlated with weightlifting than cardio? Or like, can you explain what it what does it mean to fat burn? Because I feel like that's something people say, but there's a science around like the actually burning fat. And, and different with different exercises. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely say that overall weight loss in general and calorie burning is more associated with cardio, whereas mm-hmm. fat burning is more associated with with lifting and, and muscle use because mm-hmm. you're using your muscles in the in the process. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you when you build muscle as well, you're not burning as many calories. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. But why are you burning fat? Like what is what is happening with weight with weight lifting specifically that burns fat cells? So I'm trying to think how I can like break this down. Um, 
So I mean, in general, when you're weightlifting, you're going to burn calories in general. And more often right. than not, it's going to be fat. And so, yes, when you do cardio, you're going to be burning fat as well and burning carbs. You're burning everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the reason that I would say weightlifting is is more focused on, on fat loss is because you're building muscle as well. And the carbohydrates that you're using is mm-hmm. going to those muscles. So instead of carbohydrates being burnt, the carbohydrates are being used for your muscle. So mm-hmm. it's only fat. Whereas when you are doing cardio, you're using up fat and carbohydrates because the ho- just burning them versus building yeah. something. Okay, right, exactly. And this something around heart rate, right? If you go up to a certain heart rate, you actually stop burning fat when you're doing cardio. If you're up too high or too low, right? Is there is there like an optimal rate where your body starts burning? I'm not a scientist, but burning sugar, burning carbs, just to sustain itself because you're ex- exerting too much. Is that so? There has been some science around that. Honestly, I'm not 100% convinced that that is the case. Um, mm-hmm. They say that if your heart rate is like in a certain percentage, you'll burn fat and anything above that, it's purely endurance training. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with everyone that's that varies so heavily. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that I don't I don't believe in those in those zones in a mm-hmm. sense. Really? Okay. So that's the jury's, the, there's not the, like, for a me, the jury's out on the zone. Okay. But in the, in the nutrition community, it's not necessarily decided whether that's, that's the case or not. Right. I guess the common wisdom I've heard is like, if you go above a certain heart rate, your body is sort of in shock. So you're not able to break down fat because that takes more time and energy. You're just burning the sugar or carb, whatever's available for quick fuel or something, something along those lines is what I've been told by various people. Right. And, and I think the interesting thing about nutrition is that everyone is so different and everyone, that's the reason why nutrition gets so confusing and complicated because it's never mm-hmm. one size fits all. Like, mm-hmm. let's say this study was done on person A, yeah. it could be, it could have been done on person B and got totally different results, but we only saw the results from person A. Mm-hmm. And then that's what's taken into, oh, this is fact now for everybody. When in reality, it's only fact for that person A. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's super powerful. I think itself is that knowing that even if you do a study with a thousand people, they could be a thousand different people and you're just averaging results where nutrition and health is so personal where everybody is unique, whether it's genetic or what race you are, obviously, but just what you're born with is so unique where some people I'm sure, you know, like just eat whatever they want and don't gain weight, which like defies the math of calories, <laughs> but you, it's just like you have skinny girls that are just skinny for no reason, right? Or people that gain weight even though they eat well. So I think like the customization of it and understanding your body, I think is the most important piece of this where you get sort of generic advice, generic fad diets, and there's rules of thumb, right? There's like basic rules like this many grams of this or counting macros or understanding your basal metabolic rate, but just really understanding your body, what responds, what you respond to, and also how you feel, right? I think that's the thing that you focus on on your social media is like, you have to feel good. Like if you're trying this diet or trying this exercise program and you feel like shit and you're dreading your meals, you're dreading your workouts, that is just unsustainable and it's just not gonna work. I I couldn't agree with you more on that one. And I, I hear from people all the time, oh, like I was doing, keto for example and i'm not gonna mm-hmm. slam keto but sure it works for some people but she was like you know i, I tried keto and it was working and it, i was doing really really well and then i i ended up gaining the weight back and i kind of think okay well then was it working right like <laughs> it, it's it's working until it, it's not and that's right. often the case with a lot of these fad diets that they work because there are a set of rules to follow mm-hmm. and they're very generalized rules mm-hmm. but they don't give any guidance on how to transition from having a set of food rules to living life in balance and not having these rules. There's no, there's no like guidebook at the end of all these diets that say, okay, you finished the diet, you hit your goal weight. Now let's transition back to regular life. Like that doesn't exist in the diet world. And that's why a lot of these diets tend to fail or, you know, they work until they don't work. Well, this is funny. The word diet itself is fascinating because in a dictionary sense, it means what do you eat on a regular basis? But we've transformed it into this temporary thing of like, I'm on a diet, but it's like, you're going to live for decades. What? Like, it's so, unless you're trained, unless you're training for a competition or some sort of like beauty thing, like, like your friend, 
the rest of us are just going about our lives. Maybe we play sports, maybe we run, but the goal should be to be healthy for the long run. And that just seems to be lost on people, or maybe it's just not sexy, right? To be like, make small progress or, you know, it's like what's sexy is a word, a keto, like a quick thing, uh, you know, Atkins, whatever, two syllables, it grabs your ears right. and it's just like general rules, but it's not, it's just, not, yeah, sustainability. I think the word diet means what do you do regularly? What do you do every day? Right. So the, the word diet actually comes from the word, the Greek word dieta, which is way of life. So as mm, you said, exactly. it means, it means your way of life, like all encompassing in general, what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, de but that definitely includes, like you talk about sleep, water, like everything, your mental state. And yeah, it's, it's like, what's the point if you're dreading your workouts, if you're dreading your meals, it's just not like worth it. You're, you're, you're not, if you're not training for something, you're not in a competition, like who the fuck cares? Like, <laughs> if, if you look at any life. woman's health magazine, you'll see the headline, how to drop 10 pounds in 10 days. And everyone loves that, but you won't ever see how to drop 10 pounds in five months and keep it off. Yeah. But that's <laughs> like what you should be striving for. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone kind of goes for the quick fix. Um, but people don't realize that the quick fix often leads to the quick reversal. Re yeah. I mean, I so. read somewhere a while ago, like the biggest losers, like that famous TV show where people lose a hundred pounds in a few months or whatever. Uh, but like almost all of those people gain it back. Cause it's just not, you have fucking Jillian Michaels yelling at you for six hours a day. Like we'll all get shredded, but it just doesn't work like that. And like, it's, you know, there's no emphasis on, on longevity and long-term health. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's personal. Like what, what makes you happy? What workouts do you look forward to? Right? Like I love, I like lifting weights. I like body weight, push-ups and pull-ups. Cause I feel like I'm doing something real. And if I do a hit, I'll do it but I hate it. I was like, okay, I'll do this less. I'm still going to do it. But if I'm doing a hit workout or doing like a lot of sequences and stuff, you're just like, Oh God, like I feel great after, but during it, you're like, fuck every second of this. <laughs> well, <laughs> your insanity a balance as well. You yeah. know, it's a balance between the goals Mixing that you want to reach and kind of where you want to be in the future physique wise mm -hmm. and health wise. And then also what you enjoy. Because yeah. Understandably, not everyone's going to want to enjoy lifting, but if your goal is to build up some muscle mass, um, and, and maybe lose a little bit of weight in the process. Mm -hmm. And just because you hate exercise, you know, me saying do what you love doesn't mean sit on the couch and watch right. Netflix because you love it. It means, you know, do what you love and do what makes you feel good. And you know that that going to the gym three times a week is going to make you feel good eventually mm -hmm. in the long run. So that that's kind of the aim there. Um, but it's definitely not slave over you know, cardio every single day and spend three hours in the gym lifting weights and hate your body and you know, only eat chick grilled chicken and plain rice and broccoli every day. Yeah, it's just that doesn't work. And I love this quote that you had. It's like, I'd rather see your B plus effort every day than see it A plus for two days and then F for five days. Like today, like I had a meeting at 10 and I was, it was like 9.15 and I was like, I don't have time to work out or whatever. So I was like, let me just work out for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I just did push-ups pull-ups and some dips and i felt great like i had so much energy throughout the day and i was like we have this all or nothing attitude towards fitness and a lot of things but i think fitness is like i'm gonna get shredded for the summer and it's an all or nothing thing and it's like i'm gonna run 50 miles this week i'm gonna go to the gym six times and you feel like a failure when you don't meet that but that's not like that's not how that works you're in it for the long haul so you're saying how do i like I'm a big believer in micro habits and this is something that's getting a lot of, a lot of, pro, a lot of progress. And I did this with like journaling. Like I do a one sentence journal, like starting two and a half years ago. And it just like turned into like, I have like literally hundreds of pages now. Like I would just sit and write and it helped me blog better. It helped me like with my mental health and all these things. But when you break it down to like, I'm going to write one sentence a day, that's how you build that habit. We're like, dude, any, we all have time for one sentence. You all have time for one push-up. Absolutely. Or, and saying like, I, I tell her, do a one push-up challenge. You're going to do more, but you make <laughs> the goal small in your head and you just check it off and you say, okay, I did it 10 days in a row, 20 days in a row. And it just, you build from there. 
Yes. Yeah. I was reading the book Atomic Habits the other day. Oh, yeah. Well, great. Yeah, the other week I finished awesome. it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about that five minute rule and he says, whatever habit it is, do it for five minutes and then give yourself full permission to stop afterwards. Say, mm. you know, I'll do my, he, he mentioned that there was a guy that he would leave work, he'd drive to the gym and he would get out of his car, walk into the gym, walk on the treadmill for a minute and then leave the gym and go home. And he wow. did that for like a month or however long it was. And then eventually yeah. he built up to spending 10 minutes there and 20 minutes there. And then he was doing full workouts. And a year later, he was he was back down to his the, the weight that he wanted to be at. But yeah. if he hadn't, if he'd gone in there with mentality of the first day, I'm going to go in there and, and crush an hour long workout, you know, you can almost guarantee that he wouldn't have done that every day. So you're definitely right. Like building up that small kind of muscle memory of doing it. Literally. Yeah. Just getting into like, I mean, yeah, I think habits are getting more uh, pressed these days, but like, it's, it's so simple, but it's really powerful. Like, uh, you know, it, yeah, I can't overstate it. I think habits have, have totally changed my life for the last two years. I was telling you before I had really bad back problems. So I'm sure you're from the sciatic pain, like your disc bulge and stuff. Very common. I think like one in three adults has some sort of back pain or disc pain. And I was literally in pain for like two whole years, like August of 2017. I was playing tennis, had this horrible pain in my hamstring, like couldn't walk. It was like really bad. And then I moved to San Francisco and then like just didn't go to a doctor for a while. Just sort of like stupid guy stuff. You're like, I'm just going to walk it off for six months. And I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) And then it wasn't until a year after the injury where I actually got a freaking MRI and realized like, oh, like my disc is bulging onto my spinal cord. It's funny when you get an injury, you become a doctor in that part of your body. Like I never took, (laughs) I know everything about the lower back. It's like L1, L2, like all the names of your lumbar and the discs in between. So it's crazy. I was like, I was looking at this MRI. I was like, this is scary. Like it's just like, you see all these little discs and you see one just like completely exploded. And talking to all these doctors, and they're like, yeah, you, like the body will eventually absorb it. And I was like, cool. Like, how long will we be fucking unable to walk Eventually. For? Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. That's a nice like, ambiguous term right there. Yeah. Like, thanks, doctor. What the fuck do you go to school for? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like struggling. I went to Sony PT's doctor. I went to like the top spinal specialist in San Francisco. And he's like, yeah, if it still hurts in a few weeks, you should just get surgery. And I was like you're fucking the top spinal guy. Like that's your, that's your medical opinion. So I had this PT that I really trusted and she was like, I wouldn't recommend surgery because it's 30, 30, 30 is what they say. Or 33. It's 33% chance it gets better. 33% chance it gets worse. And 33% chance nothing happens. And I was like, I'm not having you do surgery in my spine, on my spinal cord for that, those odds, like fuck that. So then, I mean, it was just lifestyle. It was health. Like I got a standing desk. I like changed the soles of my shoes. I started drinking more water and started like intermittent fasting and losing weight. And obviously like having weight on your belly puts pressure on your spine. I lost like 20 pounds. And I found this yoga teacher who literally like threw 10 poses that she's like, and the same thing. Like I went to her once and she's like, here, she sent me a PDF. She's like, do these poses. And I came back like a week or two later. She's like, how's it going? I was like, eh, I did it a little bit, but you know, not every day. She's like, it's only going to work if you do it. Like, I can't fix you. Like, you have yes. to do it. And it was just like so simple and so powerful. And then I did, I was like, she's right. I'm in fucking pain. I've been in pain for a year. I'm like, what do I have to lose by doing 10, 15 minutes of yoga every day? So I woke up, I like fixed my habits. So I woke up in the morning. I would like do my yoga, like do some meditation and then like for like literally a month later, I had no pain from That's just amazing. like 10 basic yoga poses. And there's like, there's natural ways to heal yourself. Not everything, obviously, but there's so many yeah. natural free ways, like doing pushups, drinking water, like just. And I like, think those free ways are often overlooked. I think. Um, absolutely. Cause you, cause they're free and America's like, yeah. you got, I can't America's sell you like, a pill. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's I think um, I saw somewhere that I think doctors get, 19 hours of nutrition education over the whole course of the medical school, 19 hours and that's it. And, and so I've heard people who've been to doctors before and the doctor just said, yeah, lose weight and give them a pamphlet and been like, that's it. Here's here's a pamphlet, lose some weight. And the pamphlet says eat one of of my clients was told to eat 
1300 calories a day oh my gosh and given like the way she looks and her workouts and things like that i was like that is ridiculous like you should be eating at least 1700 if not more uh, and i guarantee that number came from someone that was not looking at their habits what what were you working at all it's just like a fucking throw a dart at a wall like (laughs) yep stabbing the dog really yeah it's crazy um I mean, doctors can do great stuff sometimes, but when it comes to nutrition I advice, I wouldn't always recommend them. <laughs> no, definitely. I, I 100% agree. I think doc- yeah, doctors are good at fixing problems, but not looking at the long term. Sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I feel like the whole calories per day thing is another like we have that food pyramid in America and you grew up in the UK, but it's like you got to eat this many, this much bread and this much like 2000 like even I want to talk about food labels actually. Like based on a two thousand calorie a day diet, you're like that's the biggest horseshit. Like who decided two thousand calories <laughs> yeah. for all of America with all of our different people—men, women, children, elderly—weighing yeah, a hundred to six hundred pounds, two thousand. Ca- like this is it's a fucking scam, dude. Like this it, whole nutrition label thing is a fucking scam. Nutrition labels are pretty. Pretty terrible, and there's actually a twenty percent discrepancy on all nutrition labels. That's so just the that's the bandwidth. That's the error tw- band. Yeah, they get twenty percent. So you could be eating something that says says one hundred calories, and it could be one hundred twenty, aka your white claw right there. So all right, so let's let's dissect this white claw real quick. So yeah, how many grams of carbs are uh, in a calorie, or how many yeah how many calories are in there's, one there's gram four, of carbs? Four calories per gram of carbs. Four calories per gram of carbs. So they're saying there's two grams of carbs meaning there should be eight calories calories in this white claw and everything else i'm going to read this for you for those that aren't don't have a white claw in front of you but total fat zero sodium 20 so no calories there carbs two sugars two protein zero 100 calories where are those 96 calories or 92 sorry (laughs) where (laughs) like like how is that legal so technically those calories come from alcohol um, and, and alcohol is seven seven calories mm. per, per gram, but that's mm. not a label. Um, so when I teach my clients because of to lobbies, that's fucking hard. Like, like, <laughs> I feel like alcohol the calories don't exist. Alcohol calories don't exist. Apparently, yeah, it's bullshit. Oh they just God. they just hide them somewhere. Um, oh but when it comes God. to my clients, I tell them to track them as carbs. So for a white claw, sure. I would say divide that 100 calories by by four, four. So and you get 25. 25 grams of carbs. So that's mm, that's how you would technically track a white claw is 25 grams of carbs. All right. Well, thanks. So now you just so, ruined my sorry ruined for my ruining weekend. your uh, <laughs> no, but that's 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 keto lifestyle over there. <laughs> my keto. I just say keto is a joke when I'm eating something like eating a big slice of bread. Like I was at a comedy <laughs> show with my friends and they had this focaccia bread in the middle like it was the best free bread i've ever had in my life and i just kept eating it and but i just kept i was drunk i was like i'm keto every time i would eat this huge <laughs> chunk of focaccia so, so I'm someone more did a really it. interesting article oh, where they fine, yeah. they ranked the best bread in restaurants in new york city mm. i can't remember where it was free but bread, I, like that the, was the like table that bread? Was a, yeah the table bread, like the free That's, table bread I mean, that you get they went to restaurants yeah. and they ranked restaurants purely by how good that free table bread was. I, I can see that. Uh, that yeah. sounds like an article that would exist. <laughs> I, I read that. I was like, yep, this is my kind of article right here. So what else on nutrition labels do you feel like is, is suspect or is misleading? Well, I feel like people often get scared when they don't understand something on a nutrition label, like when the ingredient sounds scary. You know, if it says like whatever it might say. Um, and I think... I saw this on someone's Instagram the other day. They'd taken a picture of a label of a pancake mix. And it was a pretty, I hate to use the word clean, but people seem to like that word clean for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had like five ingredients in it. And and one of them was um, the scientific name for baking powder, which I don't remember now, but it, it mm-hmm. looked kind of confusing. And she'd, she'd highlighted it and said, this would have been a great pancake mix if it didn't have this in it. And I was like, if it didn't have baking powder on it, it would be a crepe mix. First of all. <laughs> like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fluff up like a pancake. So funny, classic so, influencer. So, like, don't don't like scare people. Like, and she had like one point five thousand, one point five million followers or whatever it is. And I was like, million? okay, I was oh, like, you God. are telling all these people to fear a food that you don't understand, which is literally baking powder. And it's, uh, if sodium you just bicarbonate. Some, <laughs> yeah, you go. Yeah, if you just did some 
basic Googling, you would see that that's baking powder and that's a very necessary ingredient in it's a crucial. pancake. <laughs> Otherwise you'd have a crepe. So that's funny. It, it's, it's small things like that, that I think people get nervous about. I often like to join Facebook groups of like keto or I'm in one that's like a 1200 calorie diet and I'm in a clean mm -hmm. eating one just to kind of see what things sure. people find there? and what's out there. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the things are kind of terrifying. I saw there's something called an egg fast where all you do is you eat 12 eggs a day. Oh, and that's it for like three, for like three weeks, two or three weeks. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. And it's supposed to help you get into ketosis. Is ketosis I, good? Can you explain what is ketosis? It's a medical term, right? Like my, my doctor yes. friends is like, I don't think you want to be in ketosis. It means your body's like eating itself. Can you explain? <laughs> well, you're not eating yourself, but, but ketosis is when you start using um, fat for energy instead. So your brain naturally uses glucose for your energy sources. Sure. It's the easiest um, one. But when you go into down. ketosis, you, your body converts to using ketones instead and uses that mm -hmm. for energy. And so that's why people say, I'm going to test my, my ketone level so people can test their urine for ketones. And that's mm -hmm. how people know they're staying in that ketosis and they're not using any any glucose. And keto was initially brought up for kids with epilepsy. It was a, it was a cure or a way to um, avoid having seizures mm. um, people with epilepsy. And then someone found out that you can lose weight with it and said, well, let's roll with it. This sounds like a great idea. No bread. Um, and <laughs> is and it yeah. healthy to have no, those little carbs for extended periods? Let's say you do it for more than a month or two months. Is that okay? Like, like, or, or, I mean, it, depend? it it definitely depends. You're definitely going to miss out on, on a few nutrients if, if you're not doing it right and you're not paying attention to all the other foods you're eating. Um, you can definitely put yourself in ketosis, um, still eating like 50 grams of carbs a day. So you can still eat a little bit of carbs, um, but you have to be eating a good variety of fruits and veggies, um, beans, lentils, things like that as well. Um, a lot of people when they go into ketosis kind of do like a lot of avocados, bacon, they kind of just go with straight fats instead of mm. thinking about the whole diet in general. They're really avoiding everything, anything that's a carb. Mm -hmm. um, so ketosis can definitely can definitely work for weight loss for some people in very controlled settings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a dietitian friend who's, whose job is to do ketosis for weight loss and mm -hmm. she's, she's very successful. She's seen success, but she makes sure that it's very controlled. They're only in it for a short amount of time and then when they come out of it, there's a specific method and a plan she has in place for them to transition back to mm. a regular diet. Whereas for a lot of people, they go into ketosis, which one causes what's called the keto flu, which is when you just pretty much mm. feel awful for a while because really? your body is trying to transition between using carbs and using ketones for energy. Um, and then obviously when they come back to trying to reintroduce carbs because they've been avoiding them for so long, Oftentimes, like they have huge cravings for carbs, or they'll want to just eat way more, and people can gain the weight right back. Um, so it's it can be it can be done, but it has to be done in a very controlled situation. Interesting, and yeah, a lot so, of people don't have that access to a controlled yeah. kind of. That's interesting. So it's not a good or bad. Like most things, it's not binary. It is right. a potentially useful weight loss uh, method, but it's not just something a casual person could probably do pull off successfully you need some guidance you need someone that's a dietitian or, or medically trained to like help you be in a healthy ketosis for a short period and then Absolutely. afterwards reintroduce carbs without overeating and regaining all that weight going back to the whole sustainability thing you're not going to be keto for a year right that's just you probably shouldn't be in ketosis for that long right absolutely i mean there's a lot of people especially diabetics who have found great success with ketosis okay well, you know, not even full ketosis, just having very low carb diets purely because mm -hmm. of the, the insulin right there. Um, and there's definitely a lot more studies coming out now about keto, like being on keto, or being in a low carb diet and how that affects the body. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, a couple of years ago, no one had heard of keto because it was purely used in a medical setting. And mm -hmm. so I think as these diets come out and they become popular and more fad, faddish almost, um, that's when more research gets done on them. So sure. in a way, it's been a, it's been a good thing that there's been more light shed on it because I think now having more research is going to be a lot easier to see the effects and the long term effects of mm -hmm. doing these kind of extreme diets as as I would call them. So yeah, makes sense. 
Uh, another thing I'm interested in talking about is uh, intermittent fasting. What are your personal views and what sort of the, is there a scientific consensus? Because I feel like I read so much conflicting stuff on IMF and I personally do it not for a fad diet because I hate breakfast. I've never been a breakfast person. And the way, going back to my back issues, how I lost the weight was I would just like not eat till noon. And I'm like, I'm totally fine. I have a cup of coffee, sometimes with a little bit of milk, no sugar. And I personally am totally fine. I have so many friends that need a huge breakfast. Like, But it, personally, it worked for me and it helped me lose weight and keep it off. But is there a scientific sort of view on, on if intermittent fasting works or what are the pros and cons? Yeah. And, and again, you just said like it worked for you, but some people it doesn't work. And that's 100% the right way to look at it for any diet for some things they work for some people and for some people they don't work um i personally think intermittent fasting works well because it obviously it restricts that time limit that you have to eat food and end of the day you're in a calorie deficit same thing with keto with weight loss you're in a calorie deficit intermittent fasting oftentimes you don't get enough food in so you're in a calorie deficit and that's how the weight loss happens um Mm -hmm. the same thing with people when they um do like a clean eating diet or Mm -hmm. um, the whole 30 it's oftentimes because they're not getting enough full calories in so they end up in a calorie deficit compared to the foods they're eating before or they're putting more emphasis on their health because they're dieting and therefore they're more focused on what they eat and they're likely to eat less and therefore be in a calorie deficit Mm -hmm. so it really depends on whichever method you choose at the end of the day you're in a calorie deficit and that's where the weight loss is coming from um so if intermittent fasting is working for you, then then that's great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for your neighbor, right? I'm um, sorry. And as, it- as for the science behind it, um, honestly, I don't. From what I've read, I don't I don't see any like other benefits besides the fact that you're just eating for that short amount of time. People say mm-hmm. that fasting for, for 16 hours a day can help boost your metabolism and yeah, that's what i've heard or that's yeah. what you see on joe rogan or instagram or whatever you know you see stuff out there right but and it, i mean i haven't seen enough good research about it okay it's definitely it. coming out as i said like every day there's more stuff coming out because it's sure up and coming there's more things coming out about it um but yeah from what i've seen research nutrition research is always dodgy because mm-hmm it's so hard to control a variable. Everyone is so different. Everyone's eating different. Everyone, ha- everyone wakes up at a different time. Everyone has different genetics. People work out differently. That's you so you can't, you can't say, um, we gave 10 people bread for breakfast and 10 people eggs for breakfast. And the people we gave eggs to lost 10 pounds because you have no idea what they ate for the rest of the day. Yeah. Or their, so their, their history, their body size. Absolutely. Yeah. So what you also like what you were eating up until that diet, right? Like yeah, what's your body used to? It's like it's almost infinite level of variables. <laughs> yeah, I feel like unless yeah, you had like a million identical twins somewhere that you right. could genetically engineer to be exactly the same <laughs> and, and live the exact same life for their whole entire life and do some crazy inhumane experiment on them, which wouldn't ever be approved by anyone. <laughs> would yeah, be the only way you could sure. really do it. Yeah, that's so true, right? I mean, there's so many variables. I think, yeah, going back to like being your own experiment, right? Like trying stuff that works for you. And I think the thing going back like to you, the thing, the stuff that you post is like, like the goal is to be happy and healthy. The goal is not to just be as skinny as possible and miserable. I hope like, unless you maybe some supermodels out there, but if you want to be skinny and miserable and very rich, like sure. But <laughs> I would argue that most people's goal is to be happy. Um, and being healthy and happy is, it's corny, but that's, that's, that should be the goal. And, and being your own science experiment saying, Hey, let me try low carb, see how I feel. Let me, let me look back and see, you know, what are the things in the past and the IMF, uh, that I tried a couple of years ago, I tried it even more four or five years ago. And then I stopped because like one morning I like was dizzy and almost fainted. And I was like, Oh, like my body wow. does not like this. Yeah. Um, so then I stopped. I was like, oh, this is bad. And then I reintroduced it later. And I was like, okay, let me do coffee with milk or try different variations of it. And it's been pretty sustainable for the last, I mean, two years or so where I'm like, like the first six months I tried it in 2018, I lost, or it was like a year. Yeah. Like 2019, I, I lost like 15, 20 pounds just off of that. Yeah. Well, you make a good point too about making yourself your, your own experiment because I see 
you know, I try to encourage that amongst everyone, you know, like try different things out, see what works for you. Maybe in your macro profile, eating higher fats is going to be better. Or, or maybe for some people, keto is going to work for them. But mm-hmm. what I think people tend to do a lot is they tend to place blame on themselves instead of placing mm-hmm. blame on the rules of the diet that didn't work sure. for them. So you see a lot of people who, who might have been dieting in the past and it didn't work and they get frustrated and they take out on themselves and they try and punish mm-hmm. themselves by dieting even more or they'll say they didn't track a meal properly and they overate and they had a whole pizza instead of that one slice they were going to have right. and then the next day they're like well you know i already ruined yesterday screw it i'm just going to eat whatever i want today and they mm. end up kind of self-punishing yeah. and spiraling and then they kind of fall out of this diet and then they feel horrible about themselves and then they're like wow i feel awful about myself i'm going to diet again and then the whole yeah. circle kind of re restarts whereas if they'd kind of woken up the next day and said you know what yesterday wasn't great but today i'm going to make sure i get back on track today is going to be better have a more positive outlook just try again maybe try and get a good walk in um mm. and look at it that way and look at every day as a fresh start as opposed to thinking that just because yesterday was a screw up doesn't mean that like the whole the whole life is thrown out the window yeah. that would be a much better outlook to have yeah it's like the pendulum swing like getting out of that pendulum swing i'm like the all or nothing like like you said, going going for a walk is a great exercise. I went for a forty minute walk today. It was like sixty degrees for the first time in a while, and I just felt I felt nice to just just like get outside, get some air. We're all working inside so much. There's nothing wrong with that. That counts as exercise or just Absolutely. like being kind to yourself. I think yeah, like you said, so many people punish themselves with this diet. Like oh, I gotta do this or. I've been so bad or I was on vacation. I was on Thanksgiving. I need to like fast. I need to do this. And it's like, no, like it's okay. Thanksgiving, like don't diet on Thanksgiving. Fucking eat that turkey, <laughs> eat that mashed potatoes. Like just enjoy it. And then when you get back, like slowly eat get back, back to it. Yeah. Like go for a yeah. walk. Like do, do the workouts you enjoy most. Don't do the workout you hate the Monday after <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. Cause that's not going to fucking work. You're going to not going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I remember texting my clients like two days before Thanksgiving and I was like, remember Thursday's a totally untracked day. Like I don't want to see anyone tracking on Thursday. Like yeah, you guys are, for sure. like, please eat like whatever it is you can Friday, just get back on the wagon. Right. Like focus totally. on staying hydrated, getting some steps in. Cause those neat like steps count, the right? Small steps, wins. Yeah. Small wins. Absolutely. I know people who, who work out ferociously, who have worked out ferociously, like in the gym or whatever, but it, they realize that those steps are the difference between them losing those extra five pounds or not, you know, getting wow. in that daily activity can be really, really beneficial, um, especially in older populations. I think people underestimate the power of those, those steps or neat as we like to call them. Yeah. My parents are super into walking. Indian parents love the walk in my town in New Jersey. You just see Indian aunties just circling <laughs> constantly in their masks, wearing like a full sari and like new balances. It's, <laughs> Oh yeah, walking is a. Is there a you go. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. My walking parents have like the little route. They they oh, go yeah. to the, the flag is what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're we going have to the, the flag today. <laughs> we have the high school route, and then we have like the back route. So yeah, no, yeah. I think that's that's totally that's totally powerful of like just giving yourself the right to enjoy things you enjoy. Like yeah, just be being happy with what you're doing. Uh, and, and I, I also think. To... Oh, go ahead. No, no. Sorry. Go for it. I was going to say, and I think also like having the curiosity to go out and try new things as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You might be sat here listening and thinking, well, I hate all exercise. Okay. But have you tried every single type of movement possible? There's have so you, many things. Out. Having, things having wild dance parties in your things. kitchen at, at, right. at time is totally exercise. That hundred yeah. percent counts. Well, yeah. maybe you want to try curling because we're in the middle of winter. Like that counts too. <laughs> or snowshoeing or walking or whatever it might be um give yourself the opportunity definitely to to go out and kind of explore what options are available like exercise isn't always in the gym lifting weights pumping mm. iron on a treadmill there's so many ways to get exercise in and yeah, when, when it feels like a chore it's not going to be sustainable if you're dreading it like i love tennis right or i love playing sports and um that's just like what that's what it, that's what's going to keep you going especially later in life when your body can't do the crazy lifting and bench press. Like, like maybe you play tennis, you swim or you, you do things. Mm-hmm. 
even golfing is a workout because you're walking. If you're yeah. walking with your clubs, Absolutely. that's a three, four mile walk. That's totally, that totally counts. And yeah. yeah, just, yeah. I think going back to not hating yourself, not punishing yourself, but like, yeah, there's so many different movements and exercises. And even at home, there's a, there's a million things you can do with just yeah. the stuff around the house. I think um, definitely people struggle with having that motivation at home though. And even yeah. me, luckily for me, my gym is still open. Thank goodness. Yeah. Cause even I find it hard as someone who, who mm. knows it's good for me and is in a good routine with workouts. I, I struggle when it comes to having to, you know, go downstairs and grab some dumbbells and do a workout at home, as opposed to mm-hmm. getting my gym stuff on and going to a gym and having people around me that can kind of motivate me in that sense. So. Uh, yeah. I think that the physical motivation of being like going to a place, I think your brain sort of thinks in rooms, right? Absolutely. So like, like saying, okay, this is where I cook. This is where I work. This is where I sleep. And like trying to separate that. Or if you're working and sleeping and or ex- exercising all in the same room, which I sometimes do, <laughs> is is definitely challenging to to like flip that switch. It, it is a switch. Like that's why someone, I forget where I saw this, but like that's why when you come, sometimes when you go, leave a room to go to a different room to get something, you forget. Yeah, I've read that too. There. Yeah, when you walk through it's a It's like door your brain thinks in rooms. And when you like, for exams, if you're like studying in college, like if you study in the same room that you're going to take the test, like your brain will associate that material with that location. Oh, you should have told me that six I mean, years ago while I was in yeah, college. I right? didn't know that. <laughs> Someone out there, my little brother will listen to this and hopefully. That'll be the one nugget of wisdom they'll get from <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They'll do the egg <laughs> fast, but they'll, but they'll study thing. in the... They'll study in the room. They take the exam. In. Well, he's super into fitness. He's my fitspo, actually. He's 16, and he's. We just got a bench press squat rack at home in my basement. Oh, awesome! Um, in my parents' house in Jersey, so he's hitting the fucking squat rack and bench, and he's super into it. And I'm, I'm glad he's 16. That's, that's dope. I think if you that's start great early, for him. yeah, he just needs to eat more. I think he's eating at a deficit. So you should, if you're lifting heavy weights, you should not be eating at a deficit. Is that? Accurate? Yeah, I mean. Depends on your goal, but if your goal is to gain muscle, you definitely have to eat a lot of food. Yeah. Uh, you definitely want to be eating in a in a surplus. Um, my fiance Matt is trying to gain weight right now. He's trying to put on muscle. And he he's one of those people you spoke about earlier who can eat anything and mm-hmm. lose weight. So yeah. he is he has been on the struggle bus. He he is mm. like slamming pasta in the evenings, like eating really? he, he eats so much food, it's ridiculous. And he's still not, he's still, he's, it's harder for him to put on weight. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting there, but it's definitely difficult for him to kind of take in that much food. So, mm. um, so that's, you know, at the very beginning, we said people, you know, women tend to think that lifting heavy is going to make him bulky, but it's only going to yeah. make you bulky and look, look super huge if you're eating enough food. And I guarantee you a lot of women aren't doing that. Right, like I'm trying to bulk years, right now. Right? And, you're not gonna yeah. get, you're not gonna get giant muscles from it, going to the gym twice a week, three times a week, and you eating. You gonna do it for like five years straight and eat, yeah, for real, eat consistently. So, for real, yeah, I think, yeah, so eating at, I mean, you said weightlifting doesn't burn as many calories, but your body is rebuilding with that fuel. Yeah, yeah so I was trying to tell it. my brother's skinny. He's like my, he's like five eleven, five ten, and like one. 50 145 so he's he's pretty skinny i mean he's still growing and stuff but especially as a kid who's growing i'm always telling him and my mom obviously indian moms are like you got to eat more you can't be eating even at neutral if you're lifting if you're squatting heavy and stuff you can't be at neutral you got to be at least a slight surplus because your body's still growing too like you don't want to stop like getting taller too and and it's gonna be those gains gains. yeah it's gonna hurt your gains (laughs) if you're not eating so yeah okay hopefully Nathan's one of my loyal listeners, uh, so hopefully oh, perfect. He, he hears this. Please um, eat more food. Yes, and your Get kid, those you can eat your kid. Like you don't need to be eating that much salad. <laughs> <laughs> he needs bread. He definitely needs carbs. You need carbs to gain muscle for sure. So people <laughs> yeah, think it's all see? about the protein, but it's not. It's protein so and carbs. You need carbs so. to gain muscle. Is what well, is? Can you do a little bit of science behind that? Yeah, so you, you need carbs because the carbs are the glycogen and your glycogen is stored mm. in your muscles. So you, you, you need that. Um, okay. So a lot of people think protein, protein, protein. But, mm. you know, in fact, you yes, you need protein, but you also need a really good carb supply. So Okay. Um, okay. Good advice out there. Yeah, I was, I, there's one fad diet that I was reading about a while back called carb backloading. Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. It's interesting. Carb yeah, this guy wrote this whole like PDF like thing. Um, basically, PDF. his whole... 
Yeah, this I mean, it's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, it's just great. Uh, he probably published a book at some point, but I got the PDF. Uh, I'll send it to you. It's pretty interesting. Basically, his whole theory is if you lift, uh, I'm gonna fuck up the science at some point, but basically, there's uh, anabolic, like, like you, you, when when you're in an anabolic state, that means your cells are growing, right? That's what that that word mm-hmm. means. Is that correct? You can correct me at any point. Yeah. So. Uh, insulin is naturally anabolic. Is that correct? Insulin makes like things like grow, cells grow, cells yep. absorb. So what you're saying is like insulin is highest in the morning. And so if you, let's see, whatever you eat in the morning, it'll cause all your cells to grow, fat cells or muscle cells. What he was saying is, he had done some sort of research, I don't know how valid it is, if you lift weights in the evening, it basically causes your muscle cells to become anabolic, but not your fat cells. So if you lift heavy weights in the evening when your insulin's low um, and you eat carbs immediately after, eat like pizza, that'll actually help your gains and not not hurt you or not cause you to gain too much fat. Is there some nugget of potential truth in there? Uh I feel like I have to like read it. Yeah, I I kind of understand where where he's coming from. I don't I don't know if I if I agree with the whole if you lift when your insulin's I yes your insulin is produced like when you eat and in the morning it's a little higher. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say that just because it's slightly lower in the evening means that you're gonna get way more gains from from lifting at that specific time. Yeah, so I, th- well, I think it's I think it's science is kind of there, but I don't necessarily agree with the outcome. Okay. Well, going back to what we said, try it. Like, but yeah, try you know, it. I mean, if someone wants to try it and let me know, sure. No. sure. Yeah, or maybe work for this guy and he's just really fortunate. Yeah. Go bench yeah. and eat half a pizza pie and get gains. But Absolutely. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's the key message. It's like, try Like, there's so much stuff out there. Like, try what sounds right or sounds like it would be compatible with your right. body. But, like, but I, be I went, smart too, right? Like, smart. Yeah, yeah, try Yeah, Don't if, try if eating pizza says, every day. Like, it's not magic. Right. If someone says do a juice cleanse for 15 days straight, maybe that's probably not the best idea to try. Yeah. Have people but. around you that know something. So reach out to <laughs> Monica at the lifting nutritionist on Instagram and DM her and she can help you out. Or just, yeah, yeah most of us have a healthy friend, hopefully. If you don't, you need yeah. to go to the gym and make some friends. But yeah, bounce ideas off someone that you know that's lost weight or been healthy. I have a friend, Vishal, who got super shredded. He used to be really chunky and now he got super shredded and he's one of my inspirations too so when I was like, yeah. okay he i feel like okay clearly it worked for him we're the similar height and we're indian so i'm like okay let, i feel like his advice <laughs> would be would be valuable <laughs> i mean it's it's true you know having someone out there who's kind of done it who's similar to you can definitely be mm-hmm. inspirational and having a kind of a buddy to to either work out with or someone to kind of go through this process with can also be really useful for a lot of people yeah i mean the like, accountability... like they're not alone in what they're doing so I think I mean, accountability is, is definitely huge for, for all goals in life, for sure. But yeah, being with my little brother, the fact that he's lifting heavy and, and doing all that stuff, definitely, like, mm-hmm. I feel like a piece of shit. If I'm not doing anything, he's like, let's work out. I definitely feel like oh, I have <laughs> nothing else going on, clearly, besides this podcast, which doesn't take up that much time. <laughs> right. Was well, it like Matt and I, we go to the gym together. So I get home from That's work. Awesome. He gets out like half an hour after I get home. So I get home, put my gym stuff on, kind of get like psyched out. I make up pre-workout. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they're out of work, it's like, right, we're going to the gym straight away. And there's not yeah. even time for any of us to kind of attempt to sit on the couch or do something different. It's it's kind of ingrained in us in us now that we'll go to the gym at 4.30. So. No, it's and, good. Having a time, having a buddy, having that accountability yep. is huge because you both push each other more than you like by yourself. It's hard to be accountable to yourself because you're like, no, I just want to stay in. And like, honestly, I'll if you get this last rep or I'll do three sets instead of four sets today. Yeah. Which it's not the worst thing in the world. At least you're working out, but it's like, oh, if you worked out four days and you're like, like you talk about self care, it's like, okay, that one day, like if you're going to hate it and it's going to be a shitty workout or you're just not in a good mood or just got bad news at work, maybe just take a self care day. But again, being right. sustainable, thinking about the long, the long term. It's and, all about balance. Back into it. Yeah. Balance and in- understanding what, what your body needs personally. It's, yeah. it's kind of what like the core of it is, is, is like you want to understand I like you know how much food you need to eat like hunger cues like when you should be eating what kind of foods work best for you what kind of workouts mm-hmm. work, work best for you you mm-hmm. know your body the best and I think oftentimes we get caught up in 
listening to so many other people, we kind of forget to kind of shut up and listen to our own mm-hmm. bodies and what, what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. You know, if, if your body is telling you that it needs to rest one day, then listen to it. And if your body is telling you that it needs to eat carbs and you've been in keto, listen to it. And if, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but I think listen, listening and learning to listen to your body is definitely one of the most important things when it comes to health and fitness. No, absolutely. That's, that's wonderful advice. Speaking of that, it's almost dinner time. I'm going to listen to my body and get going soon. I do want to close. Do you have any final thoughts? I had a, like a sort of a joke sort of idea around fitness, specifically nutrition labels that I wanted to share with you. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, I mean, it's not even a joke. It's just me being angry at nutrition labels. So this was on <laughs> bread, but go to any nutrition label and be like, just think, is this actually helpful or is this actively trying to tell me literally nothing? So this is a loaf of bread. I think it was a rye bread. Serving size. So before I say what they actually wrote, I would say, logically, what is a serving size of bread? I don't know. One slice. Just top of my mind. One slice. Serving size. One and three-fourths ounces, parentheses, 50 grams. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) That is so unhelpful. One and three-fourths ounces of bread. Who the fuck is like... That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever How ridiculous is this? What bread brand was that? I, it was just like some local rye bread from ShopRite. And this is true for all. This is like oh my not the exception. You go it's, to it's Ch- like when cereal cereal tells you serving size is a third of a cup for cereal, and that really irks me because I've never seen anybody pour a quarter cup no. of cereal. Full of sh- I mean, they're all full of shit. Go to a ga- bottle of Gatorade, serving size half this bottle. Oh, Fuck oh, you! Yeah. It's a bottle of Gatorade. <laughs> or a bag of chips. When you get a bag Yo. of chips and it says it says one third of a bag of chips. Yeah. Like I'm gonna stop at one third. You really think that's gonna happen when I open this it's bag? Crazy, dude. It's, they're all full of shit, and I think it's it's absurd. So one and three fourths ounces. Parentheses fifty grams. Two useless pieces of information. Numbers, the second yeah. part of like the joke idea is like America is the last country that's on Imperial, right? We use pounds, we use feet, yep. miles. It's terrible. Like, it's a struggle. It's a struggle metric, being a you're from the UK. <laughs> metric is just so much easier. The one place where America has a metric is on food labels because no one knows what a fucking gram is. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, this, co- this can of Coke has, what, 55 grams of sugar. No one knows what that is. But if you said it's like five what is it like eight tablespoons of sugar yes yeah, people might like think twice it's you know i'm saying conspiracy they need to put little mini spoons like on the, on the label so you can see the coke <laughs> lobby's way too powerful for them to actually oh put yeah that, that's accurate. it lobbyists rule the food industry i'm saying 100%. they rule every industry but food specifically they're all mm-hmm. full of shit I mean, absolutely yeah. no I think I, it's I the think one place we use metric isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah. that's crazy it's maniacal it is. It is. I read somewhere that like the, the green tick on a Nestle box is a company that's actually owned by Nestle. Like Nestle made a separate oh, company to provide yo. awards and they've only put awards on their products. Fuck Nestle. They're like water rapists, slave lords in <laughs> Africa. Like they literally, they're terrible. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm so writing. The food industry is just, oh man, is scheming. The food industry is scheming against everyone. I can't get over that. One and three-fourths ounces of bread. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, bread company. That's my breakfast tomorrow, one and three-fourths ounces. How did you One and three-fourths? It's like (laughs) you go to the the Denny's. Yeah, let me get uh, two and seven-eighths ounces of bread. People look at you like a fucking crazy person. And half a fried egg. And half a fried egg. Sunny side up. (laughs) And half a fried egg. Oh, it's wild. Um, This has been so much fun. Do you have any parting thoughts? I shared a lot of wisdom today, and I think people will gain a lot from this. Um, no, I think I just, what I said last, you know, just learn to listen to your body and you know, do what feels right to you. You know yourself best. So. Absolutely. Great advice. And this has been a pleasure. Follow Vonika at the dot lifting dot nutritionist on Instagram. Nailed and it. we'll link to all her stuff. You have a Facebook group for women as yep. well for healthy habits. And yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Have it was a great. great night. So there you have it. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Vanika Jathwa. I hope you took something from that 
and just want to say thank you for listening this uh might be my last episode for the year i haven't decided yet but the holiday's coming up and maybe i'll get another sneak surprise episode in but in case this is the last one again thank you so much for listening this has been such a fun project i'm really excited to keep going in 2021 and hopefully beyond uh this really just makes me happy to do this to talk to interesting people to share different perspectives and yeah please send me your feedback please message me on instagram or facebook or wherever email etc uh leave a review on apple podcast and yeah this has just been so so much fun uh and i appreciate every single one of you that's listening shout out to the people sharing on social media i know they didn't ask me to but mitch and nick thanks for sharing i really do appreciate you and as always shout out to captain for the theme song which i am still obsessed with and listening to it makes me happy hopefully it makes you happy too so in case i don't talk to you again happy holidays and happy new year and i'll see you in 2021 bye